Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here continuing our summer series. It's 4th of July week. And I'm here in the middle of vacation. Didn't actually go away anywhere. I'm going to go back and forth. You know, we, we go to the beach, to LBI. But I'm home right now. It is Wednesday night. Okay. I played basketball this morning in 90 degree heat. I went swimming with my little man in the the Bay Beach. I was out all day at the Bay Beach taking care of a two-year-old. I went swimming with him in a friend's pool when I got home. And now I'm standing here in my wife's closet pumping out another episode of Breaking Big Blue. And what we're going to do in this one is we're going to have a Giants After Dark, a special Giants After Dark version where I'm just going to spend my time here answering all your questions and really covering a lot of different things, Giants and non-Giants. But some of you have questioned my dedication to this podcast in the past, and it has been well-deserved, that criticism. It has. You were not wrong. You were not wrong. My track record on frequency of the podcast was spotty in the past. But you know what that is? That is all in the past now. No, no, no. We are coming at you every single week now. No exceptions. We're going to try to do 52 out of 52. Yes, that's true. We're going to try to do every single week. And this week, I'm going to go through all your questions. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, a lot of you sent me questions via Twitter, and I also got some from Instagram. So, with that being said, let's get into Giants After Dark. This, of course, is the portion of the podcast where we go over all your deepest, darkest Giants questions. Micah Kite, who starts first. I don't know if that's a real name. I doubt it. Who knows? It probably just made a fool out of myself. Whatever. What do the Giants think of Jason Garrett? Do they think he can adapt? Do they think his offense will suddenly start working? What did they see last year that told them he should return? Is he holding someone hostage? Obviously, not much of a Jason Garrett fan there. And... Based on the results last year, as the offensive coordinator of the Giants, 31st ranked offense, 31st ranked in scoring. Thank you, Jets, for saving him from the ultimate embarrassment. Now, I do know this. There are people within the organization, inside the locker room, that have some reservations about Jason Garrett. That perhaps this might not work, that... He's a little on the bland side. And look, the results were not good last year. But 
there are also people that are optimistic that, and this is what the Giants are kind of hanging their hat on, that in year two, right, that this year, in year two of the offense, the Giants will be better. They're looking at it and say, okay, you know what? Last year, it wasn't a true offseason, right? And it wasn't. It was a weird year. They didn't, it was the first, the Giants' first year, Daniel Jones's first year in this system. They didn't have a ton of weapons. All this, true. And that in year two, it's going to be better. That's the hope. Now, also, let's not kid ourselves. Freddie Kitchens is going to be more involved in the offense and helping make the offense a little bit more creative. So that kind of, to me, tells you, hey, they weren't completely happy with what Jason Garrett brought to the table last year, and Joe Judge in particular. And why would he? The offense stunk. It wasn't good. Part of it was the... uh, Part of it was the personnel and part of it was the construction, the scheme, the lack of creativity. I mean, it's a league where if you're not motioning, what are you doing? Right. I mean, this is this is basic, you know, 2020, you know, 2021 offense. I I, I expect to see more of that this year from the Giants, Uh, you know, more creativity, getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers in easier ways, screen passes. That, you know, with the deception, that work. Like, I mean, the Giants and screen passes last year, holy cow. God awful. I mean, teams are hitting screen passes left and right, slip screens, play action screens to the, you know, tight ends, and and the Giants couldn't do any of this. This is basic stuff. So, uh, next question. Question number two. Wow, I don't know how to pronounce this. Anunabi... a Nunabi dynasty. I'm, I'm probably Ryan. His name is Ryan. So I probably, who knows what I'm doing with these, butchering these names or getting fooled by some ridiculous name with the first one. I don't know. Or maybe it's a real name. And if it is, I'm sorry. I, mean, I just have a trouble here. But anyway, let's get to your question. If you needed one giant to back you up in a fight, who would you want? Okay. Now, immediately, Nick Gates comes to mind because Nick Gates basically fought everybody last year, right? Who is crazy enough to want to get into it with Aaron Donald? Nick Gates, that's the answer to that. I mean, you name it. I mean, it was like three or four games where Nick Gates is basically fighting guys after plays. And you like that about him. I mean, he's going to stick up for his guys. He's going to get physical. He's going to get dirty. But I'm not going to go Nick Gates. Dexter Lawrence was another guy that I contemplated. I mean, I wouldn't want to... I mean, Dexter Lawrence is is a big human being. Uh, I wouldn't want to have to try to win against him power versus power. But he also is not my answer. Because I've seen Danny Shelton at practice. Okay? And I have never seen anybody on a football field as big, at least, you know, in person, as Danny Shelton. I mean, you're not getting around Danny Shelton to come get me. So if we're in a fight, Danny Shelton's in front of me, you're not getting to me. I'm that guy popping little jabs from a distance. Pa-pa, pa-pa. You can't touch me. You know, because I got a, you know, 10-foot wall in front of me as my human shield. Plus, I mean, he'll just pick you up and toss you out of the way because he's huge and just gigantic. And strong. So 
you get me in a dark alley and I need somebody to protect me, I'm going with Danny Shelton. What five we got uh Sean, I can't pronounce I, I I'm not allowed to uh say his handle here on I mean this what an abomination of what's going on here. I mean, bad job by me not scouring these uh usernames before before uh before we did this. But anyway, we'll call him Sean because that's what he says his name is. Uh what five players in the secondary get the most snaps this season? Now, James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson, two starting cornerbacks, right? We could lock them in. We have Jabril Peppers and Logan Ryan, and we can lock those two in also, right? Those are like the every down guys as long as they're healthy. Now, Adoree Jackson's a little bit of question because he hasn't been exactly, uh, doesn't have a history of being on the field all the time, being healthy. But Let's assume that those four guys are going to play. They're they're the top four. Now, the fifth is the tough one, right? Because you got Aaron Robinson, the rookie, who's going to play some in the slot, be used probably in different ways. Darnay Holmes, who's kind of the slot guy, drafted last year. But he's going to have now face some competition from Aaron Robinson. Stiff, direct competition. Now, I see their playing time getting split a little bit. And then I look at Xavier McKinney. And I'm going to go with him as player number five, right? He's in his second year. He can be used in a lot of different ways. So he's going to be in some of these specific packages. He'll be playing safety at times as a third safety, and he'll be playing covering guys in the slot at times as well. Maybe not a straight, you know, slot cornerback, but I just think the Giants have plans for Xavier McKinney right now. And they'll, the way I view it is they'll probably use Robinson and Holmes in a bunch of different packages. So they'll print, their playing time will probably be split. So let's say it's a 60-snap game. I could see the two of them playing 30 snaps each, somewhere in that range. But I could also see Xavier McKinney being on the field, being used in a variety of ways for like 40 snaps or so. Jabril Peppers moved around the field, pass rushing at times, being used as sort of a pseudo linebacker in the middle of the formation, covering guys in the middle of the field underneath, because that's, you know, that's kind of what his strength is. You don't want him as a high safety guarding guys downfield. So to me, I probably put Xavier McKinney ahead of Aaron Robinson and Darnay Holmes. But if I had to pick between Holmes and Robinson, right now I'm probably picking Holmes. Year two, he's a step ahead. He's probably going to play more than the rookie. Because think about it. Holmes in the first half of last year wasn't very good. And he struggled and teams picked on him. But he did also get better as the year went along. So it's possible Robinson has that too early in year one. That year one is not going to go so smoothly. That early in the year, he's not able to do as much as he he would be later in the year or in year two, as is the case for Darnay Holmes. So that's my breakdown of the Giants secondary. At Davey Dodd, next question says, do you play fantasy football? And the answer is yes. I'm just like you. Just like everybody else out there. I actually once told somebody with the Giants, right, when I first started covering the team, they said, you know, we were talking and I, I passed a comment about, you know, the business in general. And I was like, 
they were like, why are you doing this? You know, I was basically focusing on something fantasy, you know, to, to put fantasy information out there. And if you follow me, you know, I'm big on this. My guys at, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Adam Leventan and Evan Silva, uh, established the run. I couldn't think of the word establish, uh, establish run. Those, those are my guys. I love Matthew Berry. Uh, so I'm big into fantasy football. And I was telling somebody within the Giants years ago, you know, why I was this, why I did something, you know, wrote something and put it out this way. And I was like, people want to know this information about fantasy football. We have this job and we're getting paid what we are. We are for two reasons, right? Two main reasons. One is gambling and the other one is fantasy football. And they were like, ah, no, oh, come on. You know, we're the Giants. So people want to love the football part of it. Come on. That's where the money's at these days. That's what... Like the popularity of the league would not be anywhere near what it is without the two things. So like everyone else, I love fantasy football. Now I've been in the same home league that I, you know, that I've been in with my friends growing up for a good, you know, 15 years or so, whatever it is, 20 years, who knows at this point. Now I'm always good. I always draft a killer team. Adam Levitan always gives me a special list of guys and tells me, Hey, you know, you should, who I like, who I don't like. And I'm all over it. So I come out of the draft, and it turns out every year I have one of the best teams. Every year. Like, I'm, I'm loaded, stocked with talent, have all these guys that nobody re- – I'm higher on guys that, that you know, that, that blow up that most guys weren't. And I have a great team. And every year I'm competitive. Um, the regular season, I'm, I'm one of the best teams in the league. And then as the season goes along, I'm so busy with work, I don't really – I'm not the guy who's making a gazillion moves – and my team starts to fall off a little bit. I do pretty well, and then I choke in the playoffs. So that's my fantasy football experience annually. Annually. I actually also lost uh, I lost a fantasy football championship a couple of years ago. Uh, Russell Wilson kneeled on the ball at the end of a game and took like five yards negative rushing, and it knocked him back a point. And I end up losing the championship game by half a point. And I've never won. Never won. So I've been in the finals, you know, multiple times. I've been in the playoffs like 80% of the years, but never won. So that's my fantasy football. Nobody, but you know what they say. Nobody wants to know about your fantasy football team except you. So I don't tell people specifics about my team usually. Uh, but there, there's the, the general overview of whether as an NFL reporter, and I, I think most of us do still play fantasy football because deep down, most of us are still fans of the game and it, it adds intrigue, intrigue to the game. No doubt. What, uh, at Schnetzer Jake says, what's your knee jerk reaction to Tony? He's talking about Kadarius. Tony seems like a strange start to the off season. And the organization has a recent history of botched first round picks. My knee jerk reaction to Kadarius. Tony is that, yeah, it's been an awkward start to his Giants career. So am I concerned? I wouldn't say that. Am I watching it just to see if these strange, awkward situations keep arising with him as we move along? Absolutely. Like my eyes are just watching a little bit closer to see if this is a trend. of Because, you know, his cleat was messed up. He couldn't practice. He had the wrong size cleat. Have you ever heard of anybody on a football field having the wrong size cleat? I've seen people like, 
I have the wrong studs. You know, this these cleats aren't good for this grass. But the wrong size cleats, and he doesn't wear socks, which also I find extremely weird. I have to question anyone who doesn't wear socks to play sports. I mean, give me some logic behind that. No socks. He had never worn socks before, is what I heard. I mean, I can't imagine what my feet would look like if I'm playing sports without socks all the time. And God darn it, with the smell of that cleat, holy cow, must be God awful. Playing without socks? And then he doesn't come for OTAs, right? Because he's negotiating his contract. The contract's not finalized yet. And I've been covering the league now for 10, 20 years, whatever it is, 15 years at this point. I have never heard, ever, 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 ever heard of a guy not really show up to OTAs because of his contract. A rookie. You sign a waiver, you're fully protected, they go and they play. To not show up for OTAs as a rookie, that's valuable time to learn the offense and everything. Very strange. Now, I know he was part of it, of... uh the program and he was able to do some of it zoom and remote, but still that, that's awkward. So there's been some things that are awkward right now. And, and the whole wrapping thing is also, it's different. I'm not saying it's bad, right? But this, this stuff is all just different. So it's definitely something I'm going to keep an eye on with Kadarius, Tony, as we move along here uh, at Dan Brow, nine, eight, six, two, four, Eight two eight seven. I don't know. How will put so many numbers at the end of their name? Dan Brown. Anyway, what's your favorite non-obvious Pokemon? Let me tell you, Dan. I, up until a few weeks ago, knew absolutely zero about Pokemon. It is not my generation thing. I'm, I guess I'm too old for that. Like, it's for, like, the people in the late, their late 20s and early 30s. But I've been working on this story. And it's going to be published soon, next few days, about Blake Martinez. He's super into Pokemon, right? So I have been learning a little bit about Pokemon. So, I mean, it's obvious, but I'm going with the Char- Charizard. I think I have this, I think I have this pronunciation right. So I- I'll take like a-, a shiny Charizard as my favorite Pokemon. Now, I mean, that shows you that I obviously do not know very much about Pokemon because I think that's like one of the most valuable and rarest Pokemon cards, like those those Charizards first edition. So uh, I really have no idea what I'm talking about here. But uh, so let's just go to the next question. Mr. Tree Amigos says, what would you be doing if you weren't a great ESPN beat reporter for the unbelievably awesome New York football giants, I appreciate the great part. Not true. Uh, but I, I, I do appreciate the kind words. Uh, look, I'm just here doing my job. And he said, what is our ceiling floor as a team this year? It's a good question. though. what would I be doing now? I am one of these people who I'm like, I'm like one note, right? I'm a one note individual. I'm not very worldly. And well-versed in other topics. Like, I'm a sports guy. I mean, that's always been my thing. I like playing sports growing up. I liked watching sports. I wanted to be involved in sports. Like, when I came out, like, when I was in school, actually, you know, I took the general communications route. 
and said, uh, you know, I don't know what the heck I want to do. I just know I want to be involved in sports. So if I wasn't, as it turned out, I wanted to end up, I wanted to end up being uh, about like 10 years ago. I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I want to be an NFL beat reporter. Like if I wasn't doing that, sports radio would definitely be the thing. Like I love all sports, right? I used to be a bigger hockey fan than I am right now, but I, I, I watch pretty much every sport. I watch baseball regularly. I watch uh, the NFL, obviously, that's my job. And even when I'm not working, I'm watching. Like, I watch Monday. I watch the Tuesday games when they were there this week. I watch the Thursday games. I watch the Saturday games. I mean, I'm into it. Baseball, basketball, uh, hockey. I used to watch more. I even watch soccer. Like, I'm watching Euro right now. I, I like it. I enjoy it. Like, a mid-afternoon Euro. I'll watch an occasional Wimbledon. I like golf. I watch a bunch of, I watch a ton, I watch a lot of golf, actually. Especially majors, golf majors, totally into it. So, you know, sports radio to me, and I grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog. That was my generation's thing. You know, after a big game, you wanted to go to them to see their reaction, to hear their reaction, to hear their breakdown, to hear the guests. And they they had killer guests back then. Hear the explanation of everything that was going on with every team. So if I wasn't a beat reporter, that's what I think I would do. I'd be a sports radio in in sports radio. That's that just fits right into uh, my uh, liking, my hobby. I mean, my hobby, my career. I'm very fortunate that it's the same thing, and I pinch myself every day and say, and I tell people all the time, like I cover football for a living. Like, how could I complain? Granted, it becomes more of a job, but how could I complain? All right, Ryan Green, Greeny on Instagram says, if you can only have one barbecue food item for the rest of your life, what would it be? Example, hot dogs, hamburgers, etc. So now I think a lot of people would go ribs in this situation. But to me, like, I like ribs, but I'm not like a person who lives and dies for ribs. To sit there for like, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours to cook ribs. That's, that's, uh, I like ribs, don't get me wrong. But that wouldn't be my thing. Hot dogs, pedestrian food, really, I mean, disgusting garbage. But, I mean, I eat anything, so I don't care. Uh, but hamburgers, I like a good cheeseburger. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of a good cheeseburger. Now, steak. That's what I would do. It's like if I had one, the steak count as a barbecue item? Because you give me a nice, and I like, yeah, I think it does. I mean, when I go to grill, like I want to, Throw a steak on the grill. Like, that's my food. You give me a nice uh, ribeye steak, and I like that fat. I know some people like the ribeye, a little too much fat. No, no. I like that fat. Like a porterhouse, I could deal with a, I, I love a great porterhouse, uh, a tomahawk steak. I mean, you give me steak. I'll go with the ribeye, though. I'm, I'm good with all those. I'll take a filet, too. I mean, I, even though I said I like the fat. I mean, not, not like I won't eat a filet. A good filet. I mean, who's, how can you complain about that? But yeah, no, give me a nice ribeye. Let me rub it up, you know, make a nice little rub. You got to throw the brown sugar and then the brown sugar is key, right? You throw the brown sugar, you got the garlic, the paprika, the salt, obviously. The salt you know, cures the meat. But let me throw together a nice rub, a ribeye steak. I could eat that the rest of my life. One barbecue food item for sure. All right, we got 
Last question we got Greg Carbino. And this is a long question. So, uh, hey, Jordan, love the podcast for Giants After Dark, two parter. Sorry. What's it like covering pro football while also raising kids? I imagine you get some flexibility during the week with hours and such, but being away at night and weekends covering the team must be tough at times. I mean, don't get me wrong, as a dad of two myself, I would love to get away a little more, but football season must still be a challenge at time with the kids. Okay, that's the first question. Uh, absolutely. It is definitely a challenge because you're working a lot, but it's not for the reasons you just said. It's more the unpredictability of when things are going to happen, right? I mean, you want to, if I ever get my wife on this podcast, she'll tell you that part of the job sucks is all of a sudden I'm sitting at the dinner at the table and I'm like, oh crap, this just happened. I got to go. You got to take care of everything. Like that happens all the time. July 4th. JPP blows off his hand. You know, like, you're all of a sudden, July 4th weekend, you're working. All of a sudden, a guy signs in the middle of the night. You know, Blake Martinez signed at, like, midnight. I actually fell asleep. So, I mean, I'm waking up my, first of all, you always sleep on my phone next to the bed. Like, this is, that's the kind of job it is. So, it's not easy. But, the good part is, it's generally during the season, you're working Monday to Friday kind of during the day. So I'm home. I'm home at night. I get home in time to have dinner with my family and to put my kids to sleep, which is huge. So that part of it's pretty good. And then you're talking about the spring. I'm around all the time in the spring and the summer until training camp, at least. So there's 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 times of the year where it's just you're around even more than most people. So you make the you make good use of that. So, uh, and then, yeah, you have to travel on weekends in the fall, you know, every other weekend, let's say, because there's, there was eight road games, eight home games. So you're home for it. But also remember Philadelphia, pretty close. Washington, pretty close. They play Baltimore. They play new England. These are trips you can make back and forth. So it's really not that bad. And it's, it's definitely not as bad. And the reason I wanted to cover after you know, I, I wanted to be a sports reporter. And after seeing what life is like covering people that cover baseball, people that cover basketball, people that cover hockey, think about it. Night games, 80 night games, 81 games a year. They're nights. You're traveling way more. 162 for baseball. I mean, come on. I mean, football is a breeze in comparison to that. So that's why kind of, you know, football also is the most popular sport. It was, you know, my favorite sport to cover. And the hours just were so much better than the other sports. That's kind of why I chose when I was thinking, okay, what do I really want to do? And you're narrowing it down to the which sport, if I had a preference. And then I was like, I really want to do the NFL. I'm putting all my time and energy into covering the NFL. And the schedule was a big reason part of that. Part two of that question, has the sport, wait, two, what has covering the sport done for your passion for the game slash fandom? I covered pro soccer for a short time and found it felt like just too much of a job. I mean, it is a job, but I thought it would be great because I also love soccer. Turns out I would much rather be a fan. Well, I get it. And yes, uh, my fandom is gone. Like that part of it, it's a job. You're working on Sundays. You have to do things. You don't get caught up in in the fandom part of it as a beat writer especially you have to be unbiased and 
that part of it is gone. But at the same time, like I said before, I always pinch myself. I'm covering football for a living. Like I'm making a living, a pretty good living too. And I'm doing it covering football. I watch football for a living. So to me, that greatly outweighs the fact that, well, I'm not a fan in the same way that I was before. Now, I still love the sport and I still love watching the sport. And that's why fantasy football still comes in and it helps make it fun. Uh, I wouldn't bet on games. That's not my thing, Uh, especially while you're covering it. There's definitely something ethically wrong with that, in my opinion. So I wouldn't do that. But the fantasy side of it, man, it's that just adds that it gives you something to kind of root for. So I do like I do like that. But. You know, the alternative is then going to have to find a job outside of sports, which to me does not sound as enticing. I like football. I like to watch football for a living. I'm not sure there's many things I would trade that for. Like I said before, I pinch myself. I'm pretty darn lucky. I know there's a lot of people out there that would trade spots with me to do that. So you get it's a give and take. You have to give up the fact that the fandom part of it is not. And yeah, would I rather on a Sunday sit around and with my friends and drink beers and watch the game? Yeah, absolutely. 99.99% of the time, I'd rather be doing that. But like I said, it's a give and take. If I do that, then I have to find something else where I'm making money, enough money to support myself and my family. And that might mean, you know, having a job that I don't necessarily like or do something else that might be significantly more difficult or significantly more time-consuming where I can't spend the same time with my family. So, look, I am totally blessed and ecstatic for what I do for a living. And lucky beyond my wildest dreams. I always tell them this story. My dad uh, said to me when I got hired by ESPN, you know, hey, congratulations. I never thought you'd be a success in that field. (laughs) And talk about a, a backhanded compliment. Like that, that was it. But hey, I understand what he's saying. Like it's a hard field to be successful. And if you could do it, it's a pretty good job. And I got lucky. So. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, I appreciate everyone's questions. Uh, We will do this again as we get closer to training camp. We'll do one heading into training camp because I know people have a lot of questions heading into training camp that I I think I could answer for you. Uh, You know, I'm still talking to people in and around the organization. So I'm collecting a lot of information. I've, I've been working on a story where I basically had to talk to a whole bunch of the Giants coaching staff. Uh, so trust me, the information gathering process has been going on now for months. Okay. I am just a wealth of information that's inside of me right now that just needs to be pulled with the right questions. So you bring the right question. And there's a good chance I could I could answer it with something that maybe you haven't heard before from anybody else. So that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, reach out to me in any way you uh, possible. You know where I'm available. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, email. You know how to find me. Uh, as always, I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.